0: Quick disclaimer the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com.
1: Find your why. Why are you doing this? Why do you want to do this? When I was young in my 20s, I wanted to make a lot of money that was my why that's the wrong why welcome to the best ever show the world's longest running daily commercial real estate podcast our hosts
0: interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff
2: hello best ever listeners welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show i'm ash patel and i'm with today's guest mike stoller mike is joining us from scottsdale arizona He is the managing partner at Gateway Private Equity, which creates and manages income-producing hotel real estate investment portfolios for investors. Mike's portfolio consists of eight single-family rentals and three hotels. Mike, thank you for joining us, and how are you today?
1: Doing well. Thanks, Ash.
2: It's our pleasure to have you here today. Mike, before we get started, can you give the best-ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now?
1: Yeah, I started my first real estate adventure was some single family homes back in small town in Indiana. I call it the PG days, pre-Google. And so the greatest thing that you guys have now is all of this plethora of knowledge that people can grab a hold of. Back when I first started, I failed miserably, man. Buying homes was easy, but how do you become a landlord? How do you do leases? What are all these things? And what was I going to do? Thumb through the yellow pages and find the answers. So it was a very hard lesson to learn.
2: You had encyclopedias back then too, right? And
1: encyclopedias and yellow pages. <laughs> it's just like thumbing for the answers. That was all I could do. But I learned, I just knew that real estate was it. I took a break, become an airline pilot just because that was my dream. And then when I started making more money, paid off the debt from failing miserably, I started getting back into it. And went from more single family flexes, eight flexes, 20 flexes, 50 flexes on up. My owner managed 1,400 doors and then started selling those off whenever the cap rate started really coming down. And then I was like, well, what in the world should I do now? I don't want any more multifamily at three cap or three and a half cap. So through networking, which everyone should do, and through mentoring, I found a guy that was into hotels and then Ever since 2017, we've been focused on hotels, and I love it.
2: 1,400 doors, and you mm-hmm. saw the cap rates going down. So yeah. you saw them reversing. Sorry, Reversed. you saw them going down. Yep. And you figured, hey, might as well cash out at this point.
1: I bought at eight to ten back in the day. Made a lot of money the last recession in seven, eight, nine when the commercial loans. Everything kind of crashed in seven and eight, but those commercial loans were starting to come due around 11, 12, because they're on five-year balloons and things like that. And there was 100% occupied complexes that made money, but because they didn't value, the banks wouldn't refinance them. So I came in and, bam, started picking things up. And then the cap rate started getting down to like the threes, the fours. I started selling them off, but then I was like, I don't want to buy anything at three and four. So I made the switch. Hotels, again, were eight to 10 plus. So if you did a cap rates, we really don't you do cap rates in hotels, but if you did, it'd be eight to 10.
2: Mike, you're very opportunistic and I love that. Did you buy these multifamily properties from the bank or a court receiver?
1: Great question. Yes. And others were seller financing and some were where I just picked up the note. I said, Hey, you're three months behind. And I'll pay that three months and I'm just going to take over your loan for you. I did that on some smaller ones, seller financing on some of the bigger ones, because I was like, look, you're not going to be able to refi. The bank's going to grab this. I'll just start paying your mortgage as it is. And I'll be able to come in with the extra money down because now they're valuating at 60% instead of 80%. They didn't have that difference. I'd come in with the difference. And just buy it that way, just negotiating with the banks.
2: Mike, did you get into hotels during COVID or before?
1: Mm-hmm. It was before. Okay. Yeah, I had to hear prior to COVID. <laughs> <laughs> just...
2: So, Mike, hotels were not in distress before COVID, right? Correct. Why were you attracted to buying hotels?
1: I like the business aspect of hotels. Multi-family. Once you get into a lot of doors, it's kind of funny. It's not that I started hating people, as all landlords just sit there and just sit there and just wrap your heads around. Oh my God, why do I have to put up with tenants again? But I really like the business aspect of hotels, and I love the fact that I can change my, in quotes, rent, every day, instead of being locked month or locked year. Every day I get to pay people to work for me. So I get the satisfaction of creating income and the paycheck for my employees. I like the fact that the government and the states consider the hotels a business instead of real estate. So there's just a lot of things I like about the hotels. And I like the fact I do franchise hotels. So I like that I can just put up a Hilton sign or put up a Wingate sign and Pay them small fee, but they bring in everyone that stays. I don't have to do any advertising or marketing.
2: So you listed a lot of positives about the hotel business. What about numbers? The returns pre-COVID were the returns much higher than multifamily or other real estate assets?
1: Yes, pre-COVID, if you take let's say a hundred key hotel and a hundred unit multifamily, I don't have a calculator. Let's say it's a thousand dollars a month, hundred units. You're getting x amount per year and it's stationary that's just what you're going to get my gross is so much more because one day it'll be 80 bucks a night but then something comes up and it's 250 a night so instead of a hundred yearly leases i'm doing a hundred times 12 months times four weeks every day so let's say i stay at 80 percent and you're at 80 percent with the multifamily my gross is just so much more granted i have more expenses. I have vendors, I have breakfast and Wi-Fi and all that sort of stuff. But the cash at the end of it is higher on hotels. And the appreciation back then was really good because you could buy the land that the hotel sat on. They appreciated it a lot more because I could get them in tech parks. I could get in in really high value land. So that was another thing that was also going up, the appreciation. So when we started selling some hotels, the it was just unbelievable the appreciation.
2: Basically, you were the original short-term rental before that phrase was coined <laughs> with short-term rentals, right? That's
1: true. And I love the fact that I like what's called limited service hotels. I do kind of a higher end limited service. That means I give you free breakfast, free Wi-Fi, and get out. You're not going to stay usually for a week or two. It's not a resort. So I don't have to deal with a lot of things. I don't have conference rooms. I don't have restaurants.
2: What about a pool and a gym?
1: Yep. We have a pool. We have gyms, 24-hour fitness. We have the little snack shops, marketplaces, things like that. But it's geared towards you're coming in for a couple of nights. And that's why we don't compete with the Airbnbs. I get that question a lot. We deal more with some work people that are coming in for a couple of days. If you have two or three gentlemen, a couple ladies, you're not going to rent an Airbnb. That's just like so many wrong things with the business, you know, in the corporate world. That's so how you're gonna rumors stay. get started. That's how rumors get started. So you're going to stay in our hotels.
2: <laughs> yes. Funny you mentioned that. We were traveling, looking at some property in Northern Indiana. By the way, where was it in Indiana that you were?
1: Anderson Pendleton area.
2: Sure. Yeah. I uh, went to IU, Indiana uh, University. Hey,
1: I'm a fellow Hoosier.
2: Awesome. So we went to Merrillville and Valpo, Indiana, to look at property. eh? Yeah, And it was three of us, and we all get along very well. So I thought it would be fun to get an Airbnb. Just couldn't find anything. But you're right. If there was females along, if my assistant was with us, it's not an option, right? It's It's not an option
1: because even if something didn't happen, you make someone upset three months down the road, and all of a sudden something could happen.
2: Yeah, no, I get that.
1: And then you have to prove that's something that didn't.
2: Yeah. Mike, how did your hotels fare during COVID and where are they?
1: Arizona, one in Georgia, and we're getting ready to do some development in Northern Arizona. Here's what I learned prior to COVID. I would buy anywhere. During COVID, I really learned to look at different aspects. Just like which of the hotels did well and why did they do well? Some of our hotels did extremely well during COVID. Number one, they're in what I call now free states. I don't want to get into politics. It's a business decision, right? So don't take this as a political attack, but you have to now look at business. Everyone knows hotels in California had to shut down for six, seven months more. Banks gave them three or four months deferment. So that means they had $30,000, $50,000 loans plus that they had to start paying, and they were not allowed to stay open. So thank God our hotels are in a uh, number one tourist destination. A lot of people that were shut down went to Arizona, went to Georgia, went to Florida, went to Texas, went to what I called the free states where we were allowed to stay open as hotels. We were actually essential businesses. So those did really well. Truckers were essential during COVID. So our hotels that were along the major interstates that had truck driver parking did extremely well. The hotels that I thought would do very well, that did extremely well pre-COVID, stunk they're the ones that were in high-tech business parks that rely on people coming to work people visiting tech centers
2: interesting what states were those in
1: we have a very big tech area in chandler intel's there microchips facilities just a lot of manufacturing things uh, and it was empty so my gosh it was that's when as a hotel you have to think outside of the box And we did day-use rentals. And all of a sudden, you have to work at home. You have three kids, a stay-at-home spouse. And you are now at the kitchen table trying to do Zoom calls and get business. We're like going, hey, 50 bucks a day, come to our hotel room. And you get the nice, quiet office, free coffee. And that really helped. And another thing that really helped those hotels was because California was shut down, they couldn't even do outside sports, soccer volleyball they couldn't do anything they shut the entire state down so we had teen clubs that were four miles apart in san diego travel all the way to arizona just to play each other and then go back and i'm like okay thank you california because that kept us going
2: i love the day use idea I would even take it a step further. Hey, if you want a quiet night's sleep away Mm -hmm. from your family, might as well spend the night here too. (laughs) take turns with your spouse. Yeah. That's brilliant. Where did you get that idea from?
1: It was just thinking outside the box because some of the people that friends of mine that are in the nine to fivers that used to go to Industrious and Regis, they used to go to those little day use for meetings and for different uh, calls. They were complaining that they couldn't go to those, that those were even shut down. So I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. I am a Regis. I am an industrious. Plus I have a shower, free coffee. So it was like, it just came to me. It's like, why would I not become the next day use office space?
2: Yeah, which also is a reason that small offices are on fire right now. The large high-rise office buildings, I get they're struggling but small one, two person offices, very yep. easy to rent for those reasons. Like you mentioned, kids are at home, spouses at home. The kitchen table can only serve so many cubicles, right? Really when in the summertime, when the kids are off school, you got pets running around. Is that a conducive work environment? So yeah. how did those hotels that were not in the hot spots, how did you dispose of them or do you still have them? And have they recovered?
1: Yeah, we still have them, and thank God that none of our hotels had to close. We had gotten to one of them. We got down to 8% occupancy. What we did is we became, instead of a four-story hotel, we became a two-story hotel. We just shut two stories down, turned off the air, turned off everything, and just became a 20-unit hotel or a 25-unit. But they're doing well. And another thing, thank God, the states that they're in just love the tourist-type areas, The business one is starting to come back. There's been a lot of growth, a lot of construction. We're in a hot spot. We have a hotel where electric vehicles are being manufactured. So there's just a lot of booming industry around there. So when I said earlier that we don't have to do any marketing or or anything like that because we have franchises, that's a little misconception because our GMs do go to the city council's, and the chambers and trying to find out who's coming in, who's building this so that we can kind of get in front of grabbing that labor. So that is is something that has really helped us is construction.
2: You're an opportunistic individual. Hmm. So there's still hotels that have not recovered. Mm-hmm. Does something inside you want to chase those deals and <laughs> buy them for pennies on the dollar?
1: Yeah. Right now. It's kind of funny. You have, two sides you have what the real numbers are saying and then you have the owner that says well it could do this the performance it's it's in every industry right it's in, in everything so right now there are some that are going to auction that i'd love to pick up but the ones that aren't going to auction yet i want this year's numbers and last year's numbers the owners want to sell it based on 2018 2019 numbers with the economy going like it is now Smart investor, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, don't ever buy anything based on emotions. Oh my God, I would love to have this hotel or multifamily in this area. It's the perfect specimen. It's the perfect asset. If the numbers don't work, don't buy it. Because I've learned a long time ago that I cannot speculate. I don't know if the economy is going to recover too what it was four years ago. So I can't buy something based on 2018, 2019 numbers because I don't know when it'll get back to that. But yes, right now I'm looking at development, ground up, because I know that I can put in the technology where I don't have to worry about employees showing up or if they want to work. That's another thing that we have to deal with. We had COVID, now we had the great resignation and then now people don't want to work and now people want... 10 bucks more an hour, you know, so it's just over and over and over again. So I want to build some hotels where, look, I don't need a front desk. I have a little kiosk. I have a computer. The computer never sleeps. The computer never wants a raise. So we do that. So I, I like that. And they're going to be built two or three years from now. And that's my speculation, I guess, is that I'm thinking that the economy will correct itself by then. So that's what we're focused on now.
2: And are the major flags, Hilton, Marriott's, are they going away from employees as well? Are they enabling this technology?
1: They are. That's a great question. The bigger ones are a little more on board. The Marriott's, the Hilton's, the Wyndham's, they like that. The smaller ones say, oh, we like the interaction. We want someone to say, hi, how are you? And they want the front desk. They want the concierge. They want all this stuff. The trademarks, the autograph collections, which are kind of the higher end. And some of the things that we're looking at is what's called a trademark by Wyndham, which is their higher end boutique, but it's still limited service. It's going to be a bar, but there's not going to be a restaurant. It could be mixed use. I could have a robot clean the room. I'd do it, but it is what it is. But yes, to answer your question, the bigger brands embrace. If you walk into most Marriott's, You can check in via your phone. You can grab your key via your phone. You don't even need the front desk.
0: We'll get back to the show. with first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. It's no secret that everyone is trying to find a recession-proof investment right now. What if you could invest in one of the most recession-resilient asset classes of the last 25 years with one of the best teams in the U.S.? Self-storage is that asset class and Reliant Real Estate Management is that team. Reliant Real Estate Management is the 17th largest storage operator. They have sold over $1 billion in self-storage assets and have lost no investor principal with the average project-level IRR of 33% in the last three years. Right now, you can be one of the first to invest in their next fund at ReliantFund4.com. Fund 4 is a $100 million equity fund with seven properties already identified to close before the end of 2022. If you're an accredited investor, visit ReliantFund4.com to download the investment summary and schedule a call with Reliant's experience team. That's ReliantFund4.com, R-E-L-I-A-N-T-F-U-N-D-F-O-U-R.com. I'd like to introduce you to my good friends over at PassiveInvesting.com, a private equity real estate firm based out of the Carolinas. PassiveInvesting.com makes it easy for you to start investing in real estate. investor guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self-storage investing. Visit PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags to download that PDF now. That's PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags.
2: Mike, can you still find deals on hotels in those touristy areas or have they all readjusted to market?
1: They have not readjusted to market. It depends on what kind of loan the person had, the ownership. If they had just a regular loan, conventional loan, or an SBA loan, they're doing okay. If they had what's called a CMBS loan, which is very, very popular in the hotel space, the CMBS is basically, it's a stock market fund that is your bank. You can't call up Wells Fargo, your stockbroker, and say, hey, I need a deferment on my loan. There's just no way of doing that. So they're the ones that really suffered. And it wasn't until it was too late. I think it was Trump in his last year, all of a sudden they figured out that, oh my God, there's these loans out there. And they said, well, you don't have to pay them, but you still had all of this money that accumulated and was drawing interest. So they're the ones that can't recover. They just don't know how to recover. Their assets not worth what it was 2018. So they can't refi for what their balance is. So they're the one that I can find deals. Is there
2: going to be a lot more pain coming in that sector based on, the future outlook of loans coming? No.
1: Well, the pain is that the banks right now are starting to kind of pull back because of the economy and inflation. Multifamily, I don't know what their flavor is for that. But with hotels right now, if I wanted to get some new stuff, they're kind of pulling back a little bit because they just don't know if people are going to be traveling six months from now because of the inflation, the cost of gas, the cost of airfare, the cost of everything. It's a little bit easier if you stay in Florida, Arizona, because I can prove that people are still traveling to Arizona, especially now that it's seventy degrees outside. Pretty soon, it's going to be twenty and thirty degrees out in the Northeast.
2: Mike, with hotels, there's that dreaded PIP, the Property yeah. Improvement Plan, right? Yeah. How big of a deal is that? For what I understand, they come up every five to ten years. Five, yeah. And you're overhauling the entire hotel. Artwork on the walls, towel bars, showers, <laughs> vanities. Mm-hmm. And it just drains all of your profits. Mm-hmm. So how big of a deal is that?
1: The truth about Pips is it's usually in stages. Every couple of years, I'm doing something. Could be sofas this year or the pull-out couches. It's always something. And it can be draining. For instance, I have a quality in They changed what the queue looks like in the signage. It's just a little hash. That's all they did. Instead of a little curly queue, it's a straight line. Nobody in the entire freaking world is going to ever notice. But I have to change everything. $60,000 just for the signage that I have to change because the little queue is different. So you just have that. and You're just like, wow, that's just what you have to do in order to have a franchise. And there are some things that I fight back on, and I just don't do it. Artwork, for one thing, a lot of times they don't even notice.
2: Yeah, generic, one set of generic artwork for another.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What you have to do is you have to know other type of vendors because the franchises want you to use their approved vendors. And they more than likely get a cut. From those vendors. Okay, you have to replace this X, Y, and Z, and you have to choose between these two vendors. Well, these two vendors know that they're the only ones in the world, so that it's like $45 a square foot of wallpaper instead of 8 So I'm like going, Pfft. I forced the waiver. Here's the one I'm going to buy. Here's the one you want me to buy. You tell me which one is the vendor approved and which one's not. And if they can't do it, I'm going with the cheaper one. And Good.
2: I like it. Are you building cheaper than you could buy right now? Because that's what's going on with multifamily, right? A lot of times multifamily prices have gone through the roof. Cap rates are so low and people realize they can make more money building. Are you going to end up making more money? And are you buying at a comparable cost of what used hotels are going for?
1: great question. And the answer is yes. And there's two different ways that we're actually looking at building hotels. The lumber prices are now starting to come down a little bit. But another option that we have, which is really good, is building hotels out of steel instead of the lumber. The steel costs a little bit more, but you get a lot less insurance costs, no maintenance. There's no termites. There's no fire. There's just a lot. Structurally, it'll last a lot longer. Um, but yes, the highest cost right now is, is that we worry about It's not necessarily the building part. It's, it's finding the land because land is expensive.
2: What's the minimum acreage you need for four-story, mm-hmm. run-of-the-mill hotel?
1: We like two and a half acres minimum. We can do 1.8 to 2 if we kind of we stack it tall. More of the regulations are you have to have so many parking spots per keys. But to get a nice-sized pool, I, I like two to two and a half acres.
2: And what kind of returns are you seeing, cash-on-cash returns, on hotel investments?
1: <laughs> Prior to covid It was a lot higher. On the ones that that we were talking about that are along the highways that have truck driver parking, we're seeing 10% plus. It's really good. The one that's in that business part is still struggling. We're still up six figures for the year, but do I need to keep saving a little bit because I don't know what it is, or do I do the disbursement to the investors? So that one, it's still, that's the one that was lost a lot of money during COVID 19. We just burned through our reserves. Then all of a sudden it came back really well. We're able to save a lot disbursements. And then wham, it was starting to cut again because of the businesses and corporates are starting to pull back on travel again because they can't afford to fly people out. And they're doing a lot more Zoom calls and things like that. So that one we're looking at probably a four or five percent return on that one. And what we're hoping is because now we're coming into the busy season, we'll probably hopefully make a little bit more than that.
2: Do you typically raise the entire down payment amount from investors? Yes. What type of returns do the investors see?
1: Well, in the ones that, not that business y- yeah,
2: one. Yeah, let's take the good ones.
1: So, <laughs> the good ones, what we do is uh, like a 12 to 15% preferred return. And then what we try to do is after that's done, then we do like an 80 20 split, where 80- 80 to the investors. Okay. 22 to the general partners.
2: Why do you give such a high pref?
1: Well, the way that the syndications work, let's say that I can give that 15% and I do, and the hotels that I'm allowed to do that, I can do that. But then let's say I can only give a 10%. Well, it just rolls into the next disbursement. And I do it because the appreciations hit so hard. So if I can't do it during the year, and there are some years during COVID that I wasn't able to do it then they still get it on the back end and the appreciation of those assets. It's just so nice that they'll end up getting more than that. The overall return is 2.3 to 2.5 times your initial investment.
2: Over how many years?
1: Hotels are a little bit longer. So we like to get seven year. I can sell within five. I can hold it for 10. We may have to hold two of them just because of COVID. But they're longer. Because it's a business, I can't go in, put lipstick on it, and flip it. You have to sit there and see. It's an X amount times the gross. Okay, so I don't sell it based on the cap rate. You look at this type of hotel in this type of an area in this zip code, a hotel sells for 4.5 times gross. That's how you do businesses. You don't go buy a, a McDonald's based on the cap rate. It's an X times gross. And that's how hotels work.
2: Yeah. So Michael, what's a normal day look like for you? Because now you're running businesses. Mm -hmm. So what's a normal day?
1: Good question. A normal day is each hotel has a general manager. And then I have an area person that kind of oversees the GMs. I have a plan. I call it my default calendar. And I just go through and say, okay, this hotel, I'm going to look at, what's coming up, what we have going on at that hotel. Am I doing a PIP? Am I doing some type of innovation? What kind of businesses are coming through? So I just kind of go through each hotel and what is going on with each individual hotel. And I'll spend a couple hours on each hotel. And that's half the day. And then towards the end of the day, I look at the emails. And then a couple times a week, I have the actual meetings with the GMs or the area director so it's just kind of making sure everything's rolling through we have a bi-weekly revenue and sales and marketing with calls with the actual franchises so for instance right now the, the Arizona hotels were prepping for the Super Bowl that's coming up and we always look at what kind of concerts that we go through all that sort of stuff give me a reason why I can raise the bar So that's a lot of it. And then it's putting out fires, making the the big decisions.
2: The usual of leading an organization.
1: Yeah. 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 Some of it's big. It's like, you know, one of the hotels, all of a sudden we had to put six rooms out of order because we don't know why something's really wrong with the plumbing. So it's just dealing with stuff.
2: Yeah. Michael, what is your best real estate investing advice ever?
1: Find your why. Why are you doing this? Why do you want to do this? when I was young in my twenties, I wanted to make a lot of money. That was my why. That's the wrong why the money will come. So my best advice is to find your why. And my why is I wanted to build a life that I didn't have to take a vacation from. I'm sitting in my cabin up in Northern Arizona right now. And I can do my business. I can be on a yacht. I can be on a cruise ship. My vacations I can do anything I want now. And that's my why.
2: You love what you do, which is why you do it.
1: Absolutely. My God, if I was in an office somewhere, every job I've ever had, I was an airline pilot and I've been in real estate investing. So I've never been stuck in an office and I think I just go nuts.
2: Listen, I was for 15 years and it's not fun. But what's funny is people that I worked with and even me, We would all lie to ourselves and we would say, man, I love my job. Mm -hmm. And in hindsight, anybody who says I love my job, you need to ask them, well, look, if you won the lottery, would you still go back to work Mm because you love it so much? You don't love your job. It's a necessary
1: evil, right? Yeah, absolutely. But yeah,
2: we found our calling with real estate. There's nothing I'd rather be doing, right? I I choose to do this.
1: Yes. And I choose when I want to work. Yeah. Well, I I, I still work.
2: I still work 12 hour days,
1: but. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do too. But if I want to golf in the morning and then work till 10 or 11 o'clock at night, it's my choice.
2: Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up and good for you. You know, you found your why it's so important Mm -hmm. to find your why. Michael, are you ready for the best ever lightning round?
1: Sure. Absolutely.
2: All right, Michael, what's the best ever book you recently read?
1: The one I love is called Money Secrets of the Rich. A good friend of mine wrote it. His name's John Burley. And again, when you find your why and you start making money, everyone, don't go out and spend it. Okay? Learn from people that have money and have a lot of money and find out what they're doing. They're not buying the $3,000 purses or the $200,000 cars. That really changed my life is the money secrets of the rich.
2: And back to your original point, Michael, if you found your why, those materialistic things really have diminished returns on.
1: They do. What you find out as a real estate professional is like, if I buy this, can I make money off of it? I mean, you turn into this crazy, I'm not going to buy a house in Florida unless I can make money off. it. It becomes this obsession of everything I buy, I want to make a return on it.
2: Yeah, and then time plays a factor in it as well. Look, it'd be great to have an RV. Mm -hmm. Man, we got to store it. We got to maintain it. You got to do all this, right?
1: Better to rent it.
2: Yes. So great perspective. Michael, what's the best ever way you like to give back?
1: Great question. One of the absolute joys of finding my why and being successful is giving back. I'm on the board of directors for several charities. I'm a Rotarian, if you can believe that. I'm under 80 years old. I'm a Rotarian. I'm I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm actually going to be the president of our Rotary Group next year. And I love it. It's a way to give back. I'm on the board of directors. I'm a veteran. So I do a lot with veteran charities. But to me, that is better than making money is a charity that we do. If a fallen veteran and we give their children college scholarships, just looking at the spouse's face when they know that they're child's college is going to be paid for that to me is just so much more gratifying
2: that is amazing michael thank you for your service and thank your family for all your sacrifices as well finally michael how can the best ever listeners reach out to you
1: uh, website gateway pe as in private equity gatewaype.com i'm on linkedin under michael Stoller, s-t-o-h-l-e-r And just let me know how you found me and I'll answer any question you have.
2: Michael, thank you so much for your time today. You've given us a tremendous amount of insight, not only into hotels, but also mindset. So I got to thank you again for your time, man. We've learned a lot. I've got so many notes here. I feel like somewhat of an expert now in hotels because of you. Thank you. Thank you, Ash. Best ever listeners. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review. Share this episode with someone you think can benefit from it. Also, follow, subscribe, and have a best ever day.